brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, suds. It's time for more suds. It is definitely time for more suds. Thanks and joining us again for this sud segment today. It's good old boy Mike. We have a great show ahead of us here today. It's one of our sud segments where we talk about beer, beer, and more beer. Uh, this is going to be a show and tell series as well as a very special story. And I have several folks here that are going to be able to uh, cover these beers we're going to talk about. Uh, sitting at microphone left to me is Monkey Trent. Howdy. <laughs> uh, also joining us here at the table is Kicks Player. Hello, kind sir. And Irony. How do you? <clears throat> if I get all those names right as we go through this, I think it'll be a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, today uh, we have a show and tell uh, episode to go through with you, and we have several beers to talk about. Boris the Spider, Infinite Wisdom Triple, uh, Yazoo Sioux, the Sour Sioux, as well as Thomas Hardy, the 40th anniversary of Vintage 2008, or the beers we're going to get to go through today. We've been uh, tasting these beers, and we're going to be rating them uh, with our signature belch sounds, and I'll go through each of those with you here real quick if you haven't heard them lately. Number one is, that sucks, give me anything but a butt. Number two is, was that a belch? Number three is, ah, what a relief. I think Kicks Player was our stunt double on that one. <laughs> number four is a body should really not make that sound. And number five, our all-time high, is listen to that hang time, give me another. So those are our suds rating here on Sip Suds and Smokes. Where everything life is good in life is worth discussing. And, uh, you know, the first part of our episode today is talking about this very interesting conversation. So I happen to, to be in uh, Craft Brood, who we've we've been several shows, uh, a couple on, of those have been on site. And I sat down and I had a couple of people join me at the tasting table and Trent sat beside me. And we I ended up hearing part of the story about what you were doing. We were both on Untapped and one of the things I noticed was the unusual number of beers that you had. And so you had a story about what you've been doing um, about tasting beers. Well, thank you. Yes. So the reason you saw me on Untapped is because I can't drink any beer without first looking on Untapped. The reason is because I don't drink the same beer twice. Amazing. <laughs> I just, just checked before I drank this beer to make sure I could drink it because, you know, I can't rely on my memory. And so now there's an app for that. <laughs> I look up my beer and, and the beer I just tasted brings me to 1,663 unique beers. Unbelievable. I mean, uh, I definitely have had a lot of beer and a lot of other things to drink, but I think what definitely caught my attention is not only the fact that you chose to do this freely, but you're documenting it, you know, through Untapped as well. I, I have to document it or I'll mess up. <laughs> so you're using uh, very much Untapped as a beer diary, but it's helping you kind of keep this streak alive as well. So uh, Correct. 
I, I guess the first question is, why did you choose to only drink unique beers? It's a great question. <laughs> I'm not sure I know the answer. <laughs> did you lose a bet? So, you know? <laughs> so I downloaded Untapped almost two years ago. Put it on my iPhone. Uh, it's about when it just came out. That's then, right. Yeah. And and uh, I was checking into my beers and noticed in late December two years ago that I hadn't had the same beer twice. I'm now about 25 beers in at the time. I thought, hey, this sounds like fun. Let's do this. And so here we are two years later and I Trent, haven't repeated a beer. did you call a, a friend right about that time and go, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Didn't, didn't somebody pull you away from the idea of going, I don't think so. <laughs> so, so someone might should have smacked me, that's, that's for sure. So, uh, so the decision was made about 25 beers in. When did you find that it was becoming difficult to do? So it's interesting. Most of the time it's not difficult to do. And the reason it's not difficult to do is because I've got a lot of people around me who really seem to enjoy watching me do this. And so they share beers with me or they give me beers or they send me beers. These folks are some of those good people. I have folks uh, around the country who I trade with. They send me beers they know I haven't had before, and they always always check my list first. Hmm. And so the times it's difficult are just when I'm out to eat and pull up the beer menu at the restaurant, and you know they've got a couple craft beers and a couple less than craft beers, and I've had them all. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I'll have some water. Thank you. I'll have some water. So eating out is no longer enjoyable for you, is what you're saying. It's more challenging. It's more challenging. So uh, did you get uh, into this in terms of time or the number of beers, and all of a sudden it no longer was fun and it became a labor of love, or when was that magical moment? You know, all those things at once. So there are times when it's truly an effort, uh, a challenge, a labor of love, as you say. There are other times when it's simply a whole lot of fun. Um, trying new things that I wouldn't have tried otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, receiving I'm gifts really from bad people. Mexican beers. That's what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> you know, they have their place. <laughs> I had. It was not a really bad Mexican beer. It was even worse. I I enjoyed a Natty Light for oh. number fifteen hundred. <laughs> That's bad. And it was a tall boy can. <laughs> that, that that was an amazing stunt he pulled, by the way. Because if you look at the if you look at the amazingness of a lot of what he drinks. To be able to top that with such a absolutely go ahead and make the shitty beer um, is is it was beautiful to to watch online as it unfolded. It's very common for people using Untapped when they hit some big milestone beer, 500, 1,000, 1,500, to drink a really special beer, mm. and so that's what I did. Wow! <laughs> Celebrated 1,500 with a natty light. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, I've got to ask, so uh, what's been your favorite beer that you've had you know, out of this, out of this streak so far? I get that question a lot, and it's know, not a yeah. question I can answer. Oh, wow. uh, there's lots of great beers. There's, there's lots of great beers that I would really enjoy drinking again. There's a lot of average beers that I'd enjoy drinking again. They'd just be a nice session beer. Um, what really makes it easy, I, I see you asking, well, name a beer. 
<coughs> and there's there's lots of them, and it's hard to do. But what makes it easy is that some really good beers they now vintage, so the mm -hmm. 2012 is different from the 2013. That makes it a little easier to come back to that beer. Well, you hear that Schlafly? Yes, yeah, yes, <laughs> Schlafly. Yes, Pumpkin was not 2012. Well, and I actually uh, I remember the beer that we had when we met. We had one of the Stone Enjoy by series right. uh -huh. uh, when we, when you and I sat down and met, and I thought. You know, seasonals have got to be your saving grace going through this. Um, you know, to, to even begin to try and embrace, you right. know, doing something like this. That seasonals are the only thing. You probably sit out in a restaurant and Applebee's going, "Oh, thank God, the, you know, the the fall beer is on." Wait, wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Who's eating at Applebee's? Hey, they've got, that great, not they've a got place an inexpensive menu. Oh, well, well, there's that. <laughs> I figure it blends with the Natty Light. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I think Applebee's is more classic. Well, I mean, they do. The margarita flavored right, beers by right, Bud now. Right. So, the the problem with seasonal beers is I'm now two years in. I've hit all the seasons. So when Yazoo popped out their seasons in other countries, when, well, right, right. When they popped out their rice saison, which is a great beer that I really enjoy, I've had it. Mm. So I moved on. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. You make it sound like like the beer is dead to you now. The beer it's is like, dead to me. The beer yes. is dead. I've moved on. All right. So we've established uh, at least you know the conversation about what may have been you know things that you like, but there's got to be some things, other style of beers or countries or something that you just loathe the thought of having one more of those or another style of that beer. I mean, I know what that is for me. <laughs> so I'm I'm a very um, uh, open, optimistic, happy kind of a guy, and I'll drink it, whatever you put in my glass, just as long as I haven't had it before. <laughs> wow. There you go. Now, now, not all of them do I enjoy, but I'll get through it. Well, I, I was just in Washington, D.C. a week and a half ago, and I had some Russian beers at mm. a Russian uh, restaurant, alongside huh. the vodkas. Huh. And those were all beers I hadn't had. It was nice. Cool. In Mother Russia, the beer drinks you. Yes, right. Right. <laughs> Well, um, so how long is the streak going to go on, you think, right now? I, I have no plan. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of beer. Uh, I, need, he, I need help. He does have a lot of beer. I need help. So, as Lots I said, people send me beer if the end times came. Well, and if I'm not mistaken, there's another badge at 2,500, correct? Right. Well, that's, yeah, right. So if, if the end times came and that's I were locked in my cellar, I'd have at least another four or five hundred beers to mm. go. Well, we know the guys at uh, Untapped, and uh, you know, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see what we can come up with um, <laughs> that might be rather interesting as the street continues. And uh, who knows? You know, maybe a trip to a place where it's the land of unique beers. You know, <laughs> there is something about his his entire plan of the the unique beers that I've always kind of like pushed on him. And that is a is that literally a beer can be completely different in the bottle than it is on draft. Mm. And I've told him like, well, that hey, counts as two unique beers. You should try this. The as serving two mechanism. Yeah. However, the reason he can't do that is kind of the fault of the people who run Untapped. And the fact is, is you cannot get a unique check-in mm. for the draft version of a beer. So that's the reason why he won't do it. And I've actually had this conversation with them. They've they, had this. They have a, a. They're wonderful with support. Mm -hmm. and they have a very active support blog. And occasionally, <coughs> I'll have had a beer that is a different beer. It is totally unique beer, 
and they have a different philosophy and they'll merge it in with a prior beer. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it has to do with whether it's dry hopped and served on tap versus the one in the bottle. They'll just say, well, no, they're the same. Mm -hmm. And I disagree, you disagree, most of us disagree. But they have a very reasoned conversation about it. And so we can certainly address that. Talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think if I had to think about the place that I would really love to take Trent, um, I think it's pretty easy for me to say the one place that I've walked into that I really felt like, wow, there's just nothing here that I've ever, ever, ever had before. It would be tourist. Uh -huh. Danish bar in, yes. uh, in uh, Northern Brooklyn. Yeah. I have to say, every time I've been in there, it's like wow. You know, why is there no bell when when you mentioned that? Because you, oh, need, you <laughs> need to ding yourself. Well, tourist needs its own sound. Yes, yeah, it does. You know, tourist is this amazing place. Look, it needs a rounding applause. You know, yes. I, I I really I, I've enjoyed going to tourist this year. Well, we'll hear, you'll hear a lot of conversations about uh, tourists in general because uh, I've definitely enjoyed. A lot of really great stuff there, and uh, you'll uh, you'll get to hear more about that. There, well, th there's a place in Washington D.C. that's a pizza restaurant has a 20-page beer menu that's always changing. Pizzeria mm -hmm. Paradiso. Oh yes, that's right. I've been there. Yeah. And so I went there twice last week and had five or six different beers that were things I hadn't even heard of. It was awesome. Hmm. Yeah, I have been in there. It's been a long time, um, but. Uh, yeah, that that's a good place for the street. I don't know yes. that I would consider it a great place for beer, but if we're talking about someplace closer to home, that's also a pizza place that serves great beer. The crazy thing is, is that uh, in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Oh man, yes. The uh, the mellow, mellow mushroom in Bowling Green, Kentucky. The guy who runs, who picks the beer for that, his name's Matt, and it's crazy. I mean, yeah, his, there's his some great list. beer places in Kentucky. His list is crazy for Bowling Green, Kentucky. Who would have thought? Well, <clears throat> actually, a great place to get pizza and beer in town. Hmm? Desano. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. You bring your own beer. You bring, <laughs> yeah, you can bring your own beer at that point. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I have like aged natty light on my mind mm. for, for uh, Bowling Green, but yeah, vintage like, 1992. <laughs> Well, that brings around uh, for our discussion of the beers we have for today in our show-and-tell discussion. And so each of us has brought a beer. And uh, Trent, I'm just going to let you go first about, tell us a little bit about the beer you brought and uh, tell us a little bit about what you like it and rate it for us. Sure. So I brought a beer from Upland. Upland is in uh, Bloomington, Indiana. They also have a tasting room in Indianapolis. They have a tremendous sour beer program that is becoming increasingly popular, and it's becoming very difficult to get their sour beers. Hmm. This beer is their triple. Uh, it's called Infinite Wisdom, and I've been sitting on it for about a year and a half, I believe. Uh, and I brought it so that we could enjoy it. It's a nice beer for a chilly day like today. And a unique beer for you. And it's a mm -hmm. unique beer for me. It's one less beer I'm sitting on <laughs> in my cellar, which is a good thing. <laughs> So, uh, any of the tasting characteristics, and how would you rate it? Yeah, so I, th I thought this beer was solidly between a three and a four. We served it a little under room temperature. Hmm. And I got a lot of butterscotch and caramel when I was tasting it, some of those malts and sweets. It was good and rich and round as I was drinking it down. Hmm. So we're going to give that our Sudge rating of three. Ah, what a relief. 
and uh, ask more about the butterscotch adventure here with Kicks Player. What do you think of the <laughs> Infinite Wisdom uh, Triple? <laughs> uh, that was I, a I custom think I just belch. gave my custom rating right there. Um, <laughs> literally, uh, it was a great beer. It could have been a little bit colder. Um, I'm not saying so cold as that it would be bitter or whatnot, but uh, just a little bit of a, a below room temperature is, is what what we uh, what, what it w- should have probably been at. But uh, I agree, it, it's probably a great solid three. Mm. Um, uh, what a relief! Um, so, uh, irony. What did you think of the Infinite Wisdom Triple? I'm gonna second that butterscotch. Uh, the first moment that I put it in my mouth, I definitely said honey, but it's much more butterscotch. Mm. Delicious, sweet, easy drinking, hides its booze well. Um, I'm actually gonna give it a four. Wow, a four. Uh, wow. Body should really not make that sound. <laughs> well, uh, so <laughs> I had a chance does. to try the uh, Infinite Wisdom Triple as well, and I have to say this first beer I've had from this brewery, so mm. that's cool. Wow. Uh, I always enjoy that, and uh, I wrote down sweet, as in like candy sweet. Yeah. Um, you were saying butterscotch as I was writing that down, so I actually, that, there were a lot of candies I thought that it would have gone with, but um, it's really busy for a triple. Um, there was just way too much going on. I tend to think of triples as being, uh, I, I won't say one-dimensional, but uh, just not complex. Uh, I, l- I usually am looking for depths of flavor uh, within the simplicity of a triple itself. So I thought it was a bit of a swing and a miss. Um, my sedge rating for Infinite Wisdom Triples 3 as well. Ah, what a relief. All right, Kicks Player, you brought uh, something for us to enjoy here today and something very unique. I want to share your so beer with us. I brought... Sue by Yazoo, but this is a a sour variant that I think uh, probably started their whole trip down, you know, with their sour, sour program. Yeah, down yeah. Sour Lane, um, which I think is kind of unique in the fact is that this would probably happen what 2010. We they, think we think that yeah. they held on to it for two years. They they released a beer called Fortuitous where they took this uh, this beer that accidentally went sour. It was a batch of Sue. Um, and they blended it with what cocoa nib sue and bourbon barrel sue. I believe, yes. I think was fortuitous. Um, but the thing that I think that is so amazing, first of all, this is one of the beers that got Mara and I into drinking beer uh, at this level at the craft because we went to the fortuitous release, and when we showed up, it was a kind of a bottle share. And the first thing it, that it was an incredible bottle share. Oh, it was amazing. Community wide. Let, let, let me explain how, how amazing this was. So, first thing we show up, we drink a little bit of sour Sioux. This stuff is, I thought it was amazing uh, at the time, and I still really like it. Um, but the first thing that somebody put in my mouth after I drank this was uh, Russian River's uh, supplication. supplication. Oh, my goodness. So Those two things in the same sitting? Imagine, no, wow. imagine this. Imagine not knowing anything about like craft beer, beer as far as like sour beer and like the depth of where craft beer can go wow. and they just put that in your mouth immediately like flat up right out the gate <laughs> um and then not only that but i mean there was all sorts of cantillon there, there, was, cantillon. there was all kinds of amazing <laughs> stuff it was it was the most it was like a historical bottle share hello palette please close the door on the lamborghini as we're taking you around the palette so, so, so there was there was a there was a big open room up on the second floor mm-hmm. and there was one corner where Brandon Jones was sharing his beer. Oh, yeah. That's where Kicks that Player was, and that's where I found myself. And our friend Nathan, Nathan and Mark, yeah, and yeah. Uh, all kinds of different people. Yeah. Um, 
But that being said, I wanted to give props to Yazoo for being, especially the Linus, for being so forward-thinking. Because when this happened, the suit that they held on to to make something, what was huge in craft beer at the time? It was hops. It was like the hop war. Everybody was trying to like out hop one another, and like all the bros were at like the the beer bars going, "Oh, I gotta have my IPA." Blah 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 blah. And nobody knew anything about sour beer, except for a few ring the bell nerds uh, that were out there. And and by the way, I, I I know that I can get nerdy about beer, but we prefer to call ourselves no, geeks because. We, we still, bite the heads off chickens. <laughs> yeah, right. because we bite the heads off chickens. No, because no, no, no. we still drink regular regular beer just like everybody else. And we don't like, like Natty Light. Down. Yeah, like Natty right. Light. Right. However, we're so excited about what beer can be and where, where it's gone and where it's about to go. But uh, once again, big props to uh, to Linus and also to Brandon Jones, who uh, Linus brought on for Embrace the Funk. Um, I really love the fact that Nashville has somebody uh, right up there with uh, uh, Corey King at Perennial or uh, was it Chad Jacobson over at Crooked Stave, um, somebody who can hold it down for Tennessee as far as great sour beer. Hmm. So and, and they're getting better. So uh, oh, yeah. better. Every every release just gets sickeningly, amazingly better. So what's your uh, saturating kicks player for sour soup? On the sour soup, so I have a nostalgia rating on this, which which was like like a high four. And and now like I have two bottles of this actual original sour soup, one of which I just opened here. Um, once again, thanks to Brandon Jones at Embrace the Funk. Um, so you're gonna stick I'm with gonna, the four? I'm. You know what? Hold on. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me smell this. Am I allowed to drink this on the air? I'm yeah, not. Yes. No halves. I am not. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Like the newest sound effect. So, like, literally, literally, I get, I get that chocolate. I get the like. If you know Sue, Sue is like a campfire in your mouth. This brings that smoke all the way down to let some of that chocolate come through, but yet it's got this sweetness and a sourness to it that makes it kind of like a tart berry. It's almost like it's like a sweeter, smokier version of uh, the brewery's uh, Tart of Darkness. So I'm gonna stick with the four. I'm, I'm definitely gonna stick with the four. It's a good comparison. <coughs> body should really not make that sound. All right, Irony. What do you think of sour soup? Well, bottle conditioning does a lot, and I think that uh, well, the smoke has fallen off quite a bit, and the sour is not as sour as I remember it. So I'm gonna go with a three. A three. I uh, would relief. I had a chance to uh, try sour soup here for the first time, and. Um, you know, I definitely know an awful lot about uh, both Yazoo as well as, you know, uh, Brandon's beer before Yazoo and, and now even See, as he is, uh, you know, definitely uh, working on many other sour beers there with Yazoo as well. Um, you know, I think uh, the one thing I found myself in looking at this beer was thinking about the before and the after and knowing what Sue tasted like mm -hmm. uh, as it was released and then thinking about... Uh, as some of the souring agent here has been applied, and I actually don't know if it's lacto or or bread uh, that caught up with this somehow, some way. It tastes sure like lacto. lacto. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a wild fermentation. Would have would have been yeah, would have been my guess. It would have been lacto because it it, yeah. it didn't taste like bread. So, but. Uh, 
You know, I think one of the things I found is that it, it muted everything. It's like somebody turned the volume down on all the flavor characteristics of Sioux. And not only that, but I didn't think that the the uh, souring agent was really adding to the to the beer overall. Um, so do I did I think it was a an interesting mistake or experiment? Yes. Uh, but do do I look at it and say, well, do I think that would be a beer that I would love for them to recreate? I don't know. That'd be pretty hard for me to say yes to that. And I think part of it is because I know Brandon's making so many other great beers there uh, that I am looking forward to, uh, to doing. So my set's rating for Sour Sue is going to be three. Uh, what a relief. Trent, what do you think of Sour Sue? Well, so... I didn't get to drink Sour Sue because oh. I drank Sour Sue 19 months ago. Uh, that's oh. right. You so when it originally it, came out. If I were to dig way back into my recesses, <laughs> colored with nostalgia. <laughs> and I wonder and, what the statute of limitations are, rating beers are here on, on uh, Sipsuds and Smokes. It, embellished this with my love of mm-hmm. Yazoo. And Brandon and Linus, who do great things for the community, and really for the statewide beer community. I, I really enjoyed Sour Sue when I had it back at that beer share mm-hmm. on February eighteenth, two thousand twelve, and and I at the <laughs> ding, time ding, ding, would ding. have given it a solid four. Mm. Uh, I thought the sour and the smoke and the roast were really nicely integrated. They filled your mouth. They gave a whole lot of flavor. I liked at the time the fact that the smoke had been... um, I liked at the time that the smoke had been somewhat muted. Because up until that point, the smoke in Sioux was really a little bit more excessive than it is now. It was was intense. It's like Lefroig times ten. If like you know your scotch, yeah. Um, Sue now is generally more muted when it comes to the smoke, and it's much more of a balanced beer. Mm. At least when I had it, it was. Yeah. So I, I give it a solid four, and that's based, as I said, on nostalgia and memory. Cool. Sounds great. Hey, listen, we're just going to take a, a quick breather here, real quick, and uh, we'll be right back. We got two more beers to chat about here in our uh, show and tell series. Uh, we'll be right back. Hey, we're back (laughs) with uh, two more beers here on our uh, Show and Tell series. And next up is uh, the beer that Irony brought, uh, which is a really uh, interesting English beer. So what'd you bring? I brought O'Hanlon's Thomas Hardy's Ale, which is kind of uh, notorious in the beer community. This is vintage 2008, which is the 40th anniversary of the 40th anniversary of the death of Thomas Hardy, a notable English playwright, not playwright, I'm sorry, poet and novelist, which you (laughs) may remember from uh, Tess of the D'Urbervilles and Jude the Obscure with Loving or Terror. Did I mention she's studying to be a librarian? Really? Yes. I am. Ironic. A literary beer. (laughs) (laughs) Very very ironic. In a Lannis Morissette kind of way. Hey now. <laughs> um, so no, no, none of that was ironic. 
Uh, exactly. That's yeah, what I was right, right. saying. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> so this is an English ale and like um, many, many bigger beers. It deserves to be drunk uh, much closer to room temperature. And uh, we had an idea some time ago. Uh, we're going to throw this out to y'all. Someone make a million bucks off this. Um, there's a lot of things that will chill your beverage, but we don't know of anything that will warm your beverage any faster. I was thinking maybe like Fisherman's Friends, something you can break in your hands, just put over. I'm you thinking know, my hand. <laughs> well, we use our hands and, you know, body. blow on it a little Specifically bit. Specifically think about this for beer festivals. Like you've been, a million of us have been to a beer festival in the freezing cold. Very much And so. you it's have like this little tiny one. glass. And you see sometimes they'll take like, uh, was it a, the cool, the a koozie. Koozies, yeah. They'll put a koozie around it. But that, that only helps to keep it cold. So while your hand might be cold, you get the fisherman's friend to keep your hand warm, and it warms up your beer to the proper temperature. Yeah, I think the only thing would be not warming it too fast. Yeah, or too high. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't cook the beer. So what do you think of the taste of the Thomas Hardy you brought? I am loving this. Um, I don't give out fives very often, so I'm going to give this a very high and loving four. This is caramel and treacle, but without becoming syrupy. I want to get a kiddie pool and just roll around in it. Well, it's, uh, I think that was a great way of describing this beer. And, uh, you know, thank you, first off, for bringing us a really great beer. You know, I have had many different vintages of um, Thomas Hardy. I have not had this one. I, I think the last one that I had was a 2004. It was the last Thomas Hardy that I enjoyed. And I actually remember uh, that experience. Um, <clears throat> you know, I thought it was really syrupy and i was like wow there's something dead wrong you know with this beer uh you know I, i've had some similar reaction to some other english shales even utopias i had some of the same reaction mm -hmm. like oh my god this is pancake syrup this is not you know mm -hmm. um you know it just really uh Dark so Lord. so when i heard you Dark uh brought Lord. this you know i thought wow Dark Lord. <laughs> pancake syrup pancake and vodka syrup. <laughs> So, Sorry, my, we didn't mean my, to take that over. Is my sound effects kit working? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Let me see. Yeah, the pucker's working. Okay, okay right. go ahead and talk. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. What did you find, Serpy? This boy. one or the 2004? No, no, no. I think, I think the last time that I had the 2004, I, you know, I, I think that I remembered it was, you know, had quite a bit of that, you know, I don't know, very thick on my palate. And so I was like, hmm. And that was the first, you know, my first... Uh, uh, reaction was wow, uh, this is chilled, and uh, part of what I always remember about ha really having good English ales, it needs to be nearly room temperature or maybe slightly below, more closer to around 65 is the magic mark uh, for English ale. But um, I really thought this was wonderful. I couldn't thank you enough for bringing this. Uh, I wrote down that it was sublime, complex. It was very alcohol forward, and it had a very gentle kind of caramel quality to it and uh, I think <clears throat> I'm not always a real fan of vintage beers in general um, but I, I think of all the of all the English vintage uh, ales that I've had this one I, I definitely like I would come back to it again my rating is a four I buy should really not make that sound Trent, were you <laughs> able to drink this beer first? I, off? I was very much able to oh, enjoy right. this beer. Yay. Yay. I am so glad that that is the case. So I, I f also give this one a solid four. Wow. Uh, it, it had many layers, but really throughout was this caramel uh, and praline and 
even a roasty toasty brown sugar to it i got the alcohol i didn't think it was as forward as you had uh, suggested uh, okay. but it, it was there just enough to warm almost felt like a praline and cream hot toddy or even a butter beer toffee yeah. toffee i like all those toffee. yeah and even as i'm having it now it has warmed up to room temperature since i've had it i'm going to still stick with my tasting notes but i can i like the way you're you're just you know i think you're capturing some very good tasting qualities as well so a four all right kicks player dara asked what you thought of this <laughs> <laughs> uh, once again, like toffee, toffee, and more toffee. Think like Heath Bar. Was there toffee think. in it? Uh, I get. I definitely Did you get, get any toffee. toffee on that. It was only like a roasted to- toffee. There's like a. There's something more mm-hmm. yeah, that's agree. kind of wrapped around. Absolutely. It, yeah. Yeah. I think. I think Irony hit it right on the head when she said treacle, um, yeah. as well as as that toffee. And can I say toffee? Yes, you can say toffee. I I, I give this. I give this once again a high four. Wow. Uh, very high four. <clears throat> Well, I like your belches uh, better than my sound effects, but uh, I think the beer is even um, better. So, thank you, Arnie, very much for bringing that. Um, (laughs) So, so there was one topic that I meant to come back and and visit before we uh, talk about our last beer here uh, that I brought. So, Kixplayer, with your Yazoo Sue, if you you had to pick out the perfect arcade game... It goes with the sour soup. Oh man! I mean, what would it be? You know? Oh man, that's so hard. I know. Yes. So one of the great things about uh, living here is not only do we have Yazoo to make great beers like this, but we have one of the best arcades in the southeast. Um, a place called Game Galaxy in Antioch, Tennessee, and they've got 44 plus like classic pinball machines, an entire room of like upright arcade games, and and I don't know. Um, they even have a tapper. They even have, okay, so matter of fact, see, but tapper isn't tapper about Tapper was not beer. See, suit. you almost had yeah. me wanting to put a, a, a Defender game, you know, here in the Dude in the Basement studio. So, you know, in between, you know, games, we can actually go, go over there and play it. So. I don't, I don't, Defender's good, but but I don't Astral. know if that's, that's right for Sue. Asteroid. Asteroid? Dark. Oh, dear. <laughs> no, uh, so I'm gonna classic. I'm gonna turn around and say a great game for set for Yazoo Sue, uh, and you're, the only place you're gonna be able to find this once again is at Game Galaxy. There's a thing called B Rap Boys, that is this Japanese version of what they figured urban culture was like via circa 1992 or 93. But it's also kind of a Street Fighter. So it's off. all like. Like why? It's like people of all. There's your main guy is this black guy, and he's on rollerblades, and it's got a rap soundtrack, and he has to beat people up, kind of like Double Dragon on, on on rollerblades. Rollerblades. Yes, and it's called B B Rap Boys. Um, go to Game Galaxy and play this game. Just for the soundtrack on this game alone is amazing. You know, uh, all I have to say is you've heard it first here on Sip, Set, and Smokes. We've had we've done cheese pairing, we've done wine pairing, we've done whiskey pairing, but in every kind of beer pairing you can think of, I've never. This is the first a a, bear, a pairing beer with an arcade game. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so. you can do that. I mean, no, if you're they need to get their beer license. I think I think beer and pinball is probably probably more my my specialty. Oh yeah, but I love my arcade games as well. <clears throat> well, I thought that that was an important thing to definitely <laughs> add to your tasting notes around Yasuzu or Sourzu, is understand what was the perfect arcade game pairing. So I didn't want to skip over that. All right, so that swings us around to. Uh, the I beer. still like asteroids. 
Classic. <laughs> but I don't Wait think it. But I don't think it would go with that beer. So. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Know. So, you know, Asteroids and it's all about the pairing, man. No. <laughs> it's B rap boys are bust. Cadillacs and dinosaurs. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Trying to think. Well, it swings us around to uh, the beer that I brought uh, for us to enjoy, which is Boris the Spider um, from uh, Spider Bite uh, Brewing is uh, the brewery that makes this. They are out of Milford, New York. Um, Boris the Spider is swinging at about uh, ABV of 10%. It is a Russian Imperial Stout. And I would say that some of the style characteristics are a little bit different around Russian Imperial Stouts as opposed to um, regular, you know, American style stouts or oatmeal stout is Russian, you know, uh, stouts tend to be a bit more dry, a little bit more rye uh, in them. And um, so this beer has, uh, it's widely distributed in the, in the northeast part of the U.S. I've seen it on tap, I've seen it in bottles, um, and I always see it disappear quickly. <laughs> That's the other thing I always notice about it. Um, so it was really great. Uh, this first time that I've had it, probably I don't know in a month or two uh, since the first time I had it. So it was really great that I was able to to bring it here and share it with all of you today. And of course, this is the first time ever I've had it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> what, you which is it here first? Which exclusive. is which is really important for uh, Trent. <laughs> you know, I had to rip through half my cellar to find out something he hadn't had before. So I believe it. Um, you know, I thought it was uh, right on cue. I thought it was a bit dry. Um, it was very inky uh, was the thing that I really... Um, it was just so just uh, dead, you know, dense. Um, it was everything that I tend to think of about a, a Russian stout in general. I wouldn't say that it was probably up in the hallows of, you know, my favorite um, Russian stouts of all time, but I thought this was very good. My said rating for the Boris the Spider is actually going to be three. Oh, what a relief. Trent, what do you think of uh, Boris the Spider from uh, Spider Bite? Right on a three. Mm, wow, as well. Mm. It, it was black as the darkest night. Very inky. Yeah. It... Um, gave some chocolates and some roast in the mouth, but I found it somewhat thin and and mm -hmm. even relatively light for a Russian. Yeah, I really thought uh, I liked how you used that word thin. I, I think that was capturing you know some of the mouthfeel or just you know some of the general qualities around it. Yeah, I had uh, just the other day a pirate bomb, which is out of Prairie, Ooh. out of Oklahoma. Mm. It's a, their standard. It's probably more an imperial stout than a Russian, mm -hmm, aged in rum barrels. Why do a regular beer when you an imperial? Right, right. <laughs> exactly. And and that bad boy, it it was a solid four and a half. It was many <clears throat> layers. It was rich. It was thick. It was complex. I got the the chocolate, almost like a, a Hershey chocolate syrup, but in uh, a good way. In a good. You're way. making me jealous. In a good way. And then it followed with layers of barrel and rum and vanilla and just a little bit of the chili. And don't, definitely don't have any of that with this uh, Boris Spider. Right, right. So, no, so going no. from that to Boris the Spider, it really, <laughs> it really diminishes where Boris yeah. is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Kicksplayer, what do you think of uh, Boris the Spider here? Well, I was in an orgy in 1976. <laughs> And in no way was Boy, this talk that about orgy. the conversation <laughs> really getting deleted. I'm quickly. sorry, it was just it was everything that. that wait, wait, that, wait, wait! I think I was there. 
it was everything that Trent was just saying. It's hilarious. He, he was he was saying, you know, I just had this amazing, great thing, and it wasn't that. Um, honestly, I'm going to give this a two. Wow. And the reason why is um, I think that what you're saying where you go everywhere and it, it people drink it out and it is made to be kind of like a, a mass-produced beer is, is that, I mean... It is really easy to drink. It's 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 thin. It's it's light to drink, um, but it still is a riz, which a Russian Imperial Stout. Um, so you still get those characteristics of that dryness on front. You only get a hint of like a salted caramel on the very back finish, and then for me, right in the center of my palate, was something that uh, I, I know this is going to sound weird to people who don't you know analyze their beer, and I know that this is probably this crowd, but I I, I got ashtray like right in the that's- middle. Sounds weird. I know, <laughs> I know. So, like a little bit of like you know, ashtray, and then I like the salted caramel, but I don't know. It's nothing that I would probably drink again. Hmm. Yeah. It's wow. probably not something I would drink again either. <laughs> <laughs> then again, okay. that 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 is correct. <laughs> Irony. What do you think of uh, Boris the Spider? I'm going to give it a three as well. Oh. Um, for something that pours like motor oil, it was thin. It was huh. very light-bodied. It was very accessible. And um, I hear what Kicksplayer is saying. I think that that weird ashtray flavor is something that I get in a lot of Russian Imperial Stouts, and I did not get a lot of that in this. So in that respect, it was nice. Mostly like really bitter chocolate, like 85, 90% chocolate. With cigarette butts. <laughs> With cigarette butts. I like that. That's so, weird. <clears throat> I'm, I'm wondering if we maybe we can talk to Olive and Sinclair and have them make a cigarette butt like chocolate. So, Kickslayer, what's the favorite arcade pairing for the Boris the Spider? Oh, for Boris the Spider? I think Asteroids oh. would be any good. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, it's I'm like gonna one-dimensional. He has like one <laughs> game in his head. No, I need, I need, I need to bring, make this beer better and make this beer more, uh, more accessible to myself. So, if I'm drinking this beer and I'm playing a game, I'm playing a game from the, I think it's like the late '70s uh, from a company called Exidy. It's called Chiller. Chiller. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Chiller, Chiller is an homage to the Splatterhouse movies of like the 1970s, like super gory, but it's it's a shooter. So it's like you're in like a, a shooting gallery, but you're shooting like naked people that are like hung up Change on like a, a dungeon or whatnot. And there's really no redeeming value to the game other than just make it as gruesome as possible. Except make it as gruesome as possible in never. 8-bit glory. In right, 8-bit right, glory. Right. It's all 8-bits, of course. You guys can't see me, but I'm just laughing so hard. I'm like, I've never seen anybody talk about arcade games with so much passion. Like, you know, <laughs> you know. I mean, I talk about beer passionately. Yeah. You talk about arcade games. Well, there's like, you know, there's four like, things. <laughs> I should say there's five things that I love. Number, number one is the lady here to my left. Um, the, the other Does four, she come with or without the guard arcade game? Well, know? she comes yeah. with me. I would pair her with a game. You know? oh, we go to Louisville Arcade Expo annually. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 travel, we travel for many things. There, there are four things that, that I specifically travel for. It's vinyl records. It's shoes. Like, I have a pair of shoes right now that have a vinyl record on the bottom of them as the sole uh, by Cush. Um, uh, then, of course, dr- craft beer. And we also do craft cocktails and craft soda. But um, uh, what shoes, vinyl records, oh, and pinball, arcade, yeah. 
So. And we do have one um, at the house that fuses the love of craft beer oh. and the love of arcade. Yes, we have a game called Ice Cold Beer. It's from Tato in 1983. Uh, it's kind of like a pinball meets like a. A ticket redemption game, I guess. You put a pinball on a, a metal bar and lift it up using two joysticks on left and right sides. So you have to balance the ball to put it into, into each individual hole. Now this game wasn't really a, a meant for arcades, it was more meant for bars. Because if you got to the 10th hole, a star lights up and then you show the bartender and you get a free beer mm. from the bar. And we hold that rule get, at the house. Does it get easier <laughs> <do>. or harder? <coughs> it gets uh, with harder. More really with, at, at, no, no, with more 10, beers. Oh, well, that too. It might get yes. easier with more beers. <laughs> I, I'm seeing a whole new audience is going to join Sip, Sets, and Smokes. <laughs> I, I hope so. That you've brought to the table. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so happy. And, you know, I, I really am not quite sure where to go with the next conversation around arcade games, <laughs> you know, with you kicks. So, um, wow. That was really great. I enjoyed it, though. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's always something to compliment a beer. I just never thought it would be an arcade game, so I'm glad oh, that yeah. hey, Sometime soon, you you and I will go down to a game galaxy, and we'll, uh, we'll sneak in some craft beer or something. Absolutely. I like the first part of the equation. <laughs> we'll just rent the whole place out. How about that? We could do that. Yeah. That would be great. It's our next tasting <coughs> party. I think it's like in an hour at your house, isn't it? No, no, the the one after that. Oh, okay. Beer miss. <laughs> beer miss. Yes, we do. We do what's called beer miss once a year. We get all of our, our beer friends together and we uh, decompress from the we, holiday we should, madness. Think about like as you're shopping throughout the year for us craft beer uh, geeks. We we hoard a lot of beer. We don't call ourselves alcoholics. We call ourselves alcohol hoarders. Hmm. Um. So literally, as you're shopping throughout the year, you're like, you know what, this could this could probably age well, and this would be perfect for beermas. So we at the end of the year, we always bring out some really big beers, some amazing stuff, special, and uh, and share. You know, it's kind of a running topic, uh, you know, that we've had here on Sipset and the Smokes about aging beers. So let's be a good question to throw out to, sure. all, to all of you, because I definitely have an opinion, but I'd love to know what you guys think. Mm-hmm. In general, what do you think about aging beer? Is it something you just do across the board? Is there a certain breweries or certain beers yeah, you yeah. tend to do things with? I'll let Trent take it first. So it, it's absolutely based on the beer itself. There aren't certain breweries. There are, it's really more related to style. Beers that have certain components as their main flavor, you want to drink quickly. Others, you don't. Hops, you generally want to drink quickly. Unless Fresh. it's... Fresh as it gets. Coffee in a beer you want to drink pretty quickly, unless it's something like Dark Lord, which has so much going on. Then you just want to make pancakes. In addition to the coffee, that you want to sit on it until it kind of settles down. But big beers, dark beers, sour beers, sometimes beers with fruits in them or honey in them, they benefit from some time in the bottle to calm down and relax. Mm. Well, some some fruit needs to be drank fresh. I usually find that a lot of fruit stuff like dies within the first year. You try even and this is funny, even with the uh, Cantillon, which is stuff that people notoriously age. Like you talk to the the brewer of Cantillon and, and they talk about how you need to drink it within the first year or so and that it can age up for 10 People to 10 see years not in my head yes, yes. Right. lambics are not to be uh, aged you know forever um, 
you know the aging characteristic they've done with the blends you know you're basically going to blow the whole point of what they did through the blending cycle, right, exactly you know by uh, you know keeping it around for another two or three years so yeah right you know. so I believe I believe aging is good depending like like say you get a beard that's so big and so boozy that you're just like oh this is almost painful to drink like the flavors are there it's delicious but it's so boozy and so rich like so Thomas Hardy like like Thomas Hardy exactly and you can you can put it off and those characteristics will mellow over time mm. um, by by aging it um, now the majority of our stuff we don't age on purpose uh, <laughs> we probably maybe and we have well, well, I, I, I absolutely agree with this I've got like I said I've got so many bottles I just yeah, can't possibly drink when, them. when you're when you're alcohol hoarders like us you know everywhere you travel you're always looking for something a that's not in your market B that might be limited release and see that just strikes your fancy and that you're just like oh my god that looks great mm-hmm. or the label is great let's <laughs> try this and so we we bring it home and unless we wanted to like have a running blood alcohol level of like 30.5 <laughs> like we couldn't continuously drink this stuff so and then we're and we're not alcoholics so i'm up to the challenge <laughs> right right so and, and so what what i do is i selectively age the stuff mm-hmm. that i need that i Received by trade that needs to be consumed right away. I drink that right away. Right. By default, other things age. Mm. Hey, Trent, I have a 2008 Hetty Topper I can trade you. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. That's I would say tasty. no. <laughs> no, no, no. Shh. And I would say no. Somebody in the audience is going to take me up for this. Offer. I'm telling you, I, I, as much Hetty <laughs> hey, Topper as hey, I've hey, had, hey, I would hey, say no. Kicks, I have a Hetty Topper from early November. Uh-huh. It's probably too old, isn't it? That yeah. is. That is too yeah. old. Yeah. That one I'll take. Yeah, that's pedo bear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, too already old. age or not age? Well, I'm, I'll say I'm going to go with these gentlemen. Um, it's definitely related to style. Absolutely. Um, there are some things that we do intentionally age, but we'll get like one to drink fresh and one to put by. Um, or three or four and then dr- drink them over the time period oh, so that yes. we can see how the beer develops. We, ha- we have um, a little thing going on with Founders Bolt Cutter. A couple of us all have a bottle and we're going to open one up like we opened one up when it came out, we'll open up this year, next year, year after, mm. see how it ages, because that's a, an awfully big beer. <coughs> it's a so, big barley wine style mm-hmm. beer. Yeah. A lot of booze. So, uh, I love that last topic, and so that's something that I have done with uh, several beers, and um, the uh, West Lederman, uh series is something that I, I've enjoyed doing that, is watching how that beer you know, changes over time. Bigfoot is the other beer yeah, that I enjoy we have um, some Bigfoot watching and, and seeing not only what vintage is, but you know, how time uh, impacts or uh, either adds to or sorry <laughs> or makes that flay you know, makes the flavor, you know, better. T- um, today is is Black Friday. Day that we're recording, and this is the day that Goose Island is releasing its Bourbon, Bourbon County, County stout. Bourbon yep, County. That's right. Yeah, and Bourbon County is it's a big barrel-aged stout. It's yes. a vintage, and so people very commonly are hoarding prior years Bourbon County stout and then mm-hmm. compare it from year <laughs> to year. So you'll have people this week drinking 2012, 2011, yeah. and then the 2013. Well, you know, I think the uh, so the the Stone Vertical series was probably the one uh, commercial release of a age product other than, and I'm dressing here to the Thomas Hardy, you know, sitting in front of us as well. That 
you know, I think it's really hit a, a very mass audience in that, that concept of vintage and aging, you know, beer itself. And I think a lot of people that sat down and actually tasted the entire vertical set of stone. Mm-hmm. I went through, I, I, I did a couple of those events um, as the last one came out. And it was very interesting watching people react to that. And if there was anything, I was just, I was watching the air basically get sucked out of the balloon. Um, and it just seemed like, I think that some people were looking at some of the comparisons that happened with wine or whiskey mm-hmm. and almost uh, imprinting upon some of their expectations what would happen with beer. And uh, not only did were there several vintages uh, through that process that were either influenced by cellaring characteristics or just basically the beer that year. The batch, yeah. Uh, did not, did not uh, age very well at all. Um, it was just, uh, I really found people reacting to those vertical tastings to be quite interesting. Um, it, it was one of those things where I thought the marketing hype exceeded the quality of the product very easily. We um, see this. Yes. <laughs> we um, see this. <coughs> we see and, this all the time. And, Dark Lord. Dark Lord. Well, Dark Lord. Dark Lord. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you know, the, the the one event that I went to was it was actually a blind tasting of the Stone Vertical Series was my favorite event where you didn't even know what was in what glasses. They had intermixed, you know, the vintage years mm-hmm. and you weren't tasting them in order or anything like that. And so people had no idea even what was in the glass. And they actually threw some other beers in there that weren't in the Vertical Series That was that orgy I was talking about earlier, wasn't it? <laughs> no. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but... You know, I really found people reacting, especially in that blind taste testing, that all of a sudden the marketing hype of that event was completely removed. And so all of a sudden people were just looking at what was in the glass mm-hmm. and really responding to that directly. And, you know, I think that was the the one thing that I really enjoyed. It really kind of brought home the topic, you know, that kind of threw out here, which is to age or not to age. And I think at the bottom line, you're absolutely right. It is based on the underlying product that you're starting with, whether it lends itself well or not. <clears throat> and, you know, a lot of people uh, use hard and fast rules that only high-gravity or high-alcohol beers will even sustain themselves, you know, through an aging process at all. And I don't know that that's true. Um, I've had some things that are actually nearly session, you know, uh, in terms hmm. of the ABV style, or uh, swinging at 5% that I've had, you know, as much as a year or two later, that I actually thought they were much better, uh, you know, uh, a couple of years later. Um, and it might have been they were starting from the bottom of the floor and there was nowhere to go but up. <laughs> you, know? you make me think of, um, I don't know if you watch The Walking Dead on AMC, but the internet is hilarious oh, after some so of those shows funny. because they'll find like um, a terrapin that you can find anywhere or red hair or um, sweet water and they're drinking these like three-year-old IPAs and the whole internet's like, no! Why? Yeah, there's people on Twitter who are like freaking out of like like talking about Walking Dead, like a <laughs> three-year-old IPA. You know? <laughs> wow. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, it's supposed to be three years from the the start of the zombie apocalypse or whatnot. Ah. And they're so there's finding beer. Oh, so there's a con- there's a continuity problem in the in the beer that they have. Oh no, 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 no. there's it's not, not a continuity problem. They're old. It's just, <laughs> like it's just in the show. Th- it's think, think about think about an, uh, being in a world where like food is scarce. Period. Like pre-prepared food, and so they come across this beer, and they're like, "Hey, we have beer." They're really excited, and I don't blame them because beer is great. But then they're drinking like 
IPAs that are three years old, and and in the zombie apocalypse, I'm not going to be picky. But the internet, once again, she we were talking about being on Twitter, and people are saying, "Oh, that's a three year old IPA they're drinking." Think about that. Well, uh, it's, it's better than that Natty Light Tallboy. <laughs> no doubt. Well, that's very true. Thanks for bringing it full circle. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it, Trent. Well, I've really enjoyed our uh, discussion today and another really great show and tell show. Uh, Trent, I really loved the story today. It was really great. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining oh, sure. us. We're going to check in with you periodically and see how your streak's going, okay? Uh-oh. Sounds great. Or right. could you follow him on Twitter or Untapped? Oh, we've been on Untapped together. Trust no. me, I, I I see every single uh, you know beer that he enjoys each day. So, actually, we some of the beers we chose today, actually uh-huh. the ones he had this week, influence what we did not have today. So, All right. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I would definitely encourage uh, a lot of folks, uh, our listeners, to definitely follow Trent on Untapped. Which is just Monkey Trent. Monkey Trent. There you go. And. I- I'm not on Untapped, but on Instagram, you can see the pictures that I'm taking of my beer and the beer that Irony drinks as well uh, via Kix Player. That's K-I-C-K-S Player. And then, of course, uh, Irony is on Untapped, right? Yes, and uh, that's uh, Irony, but uh, my Untapped username is Flagrante, F-L-A-G-R-A-N-T-E. Well, I need a beer to get through that one. (laughs) Good thing we have plenty. Yeah, that's good. Um, well, uh, Trent, I definitely hope we'll uh, catch up with you. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, Kix, thank you for joining us for the conversation. No today. problem. Thanks for inviting us out. I look forward to the next arcade series. Let's do it. <laughs> Irony, thank you for joining us today for the discussion. And uh, you can come back anytime as long as you bring more Hardy with you. Okay? Will do. <laughs> Well, as a good old boy, Mike, I want to thank our listeners for joining us for this episode. Uh, you can always catch lots of great updates on our Facebook page. We're on Twitter at, at SipSudSmokes and catch all of our daily tasting notes on there and on Untapped as well. We've been talking a little bit about it today. Uh, whatever you're enjoying, I'm going to ask you to keep on sipping. This has been a one tan hand production of Sip Suds and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.